This is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. And welcome to a special, the schedule has been redone all over again edition of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. It's not Saturday, it's not football season just yet, but hey, we get to talk about something, so why not? A little special podcast for you here before we get the season going. Angel DiCarlo with you here from Redeemer Radio, and I'm joined now by Drew Mentock, who's the writer for Blue and Gold Illustrated, and... Uh, Drew, first of all, the new schedule coming out. Obviously, we have to wait to see if we're actually going to play these games. But um, what was your initial take when you saw the the new schedule come out for Notre Dame? Eleven game schedule, ten versus the ACC, and one non conference game against Western Michigan. I, I think the first reaction is it's that it's it's very favorable. Um, really easy kind of schedule to kind of get going in the at the start of the year. Um, I mean, starting off with Duke, who they beat pretty easily last year, then Western Michigan, and then Wake Forest could be decent. But I, I think it kind of sets it well. As, as um, Blue and Gold Illustrated's Luce Moji actually wrote today, this is in his 50 years of following Notre Dame football, this is probably the um, best schedule that he's seen in terms of like setting up well for a, t- for a title run, in terms of how it kind of ebbs and flows, and obviously has some marquee game in Clemson towards the end. And Clemson staying on November 7th. Uh, let's run down the schedule real quick. First, I, I might as well just do it. I'm going to give the original schedule, and then we'll give the new schedule. The original schedule was August 29th versus Navy in Ireland. Then that game was going to be September 5th or 6th in Annapolis. Now Navy not on the schedule at all for the first time since 1926. They had played that 93 straight games since 1927, but Navy now not being played. Uh, September 12th was supposed to be against Arkansas. September 19th versus Western Michigan. That is one of uh, a few games that were that are staying on the date they were actually scheduled for, along with September 26th versus Wake Forest in Charlotte. And then October 3rd was supposed to be the Lambeau Field game against Wisconsin. Obviously, that's not happening. October 10th was supposed to be versus Stanford. October 17th at Pittsburgh. October 24th was supposed to be the bye week. The 31st was supposed to be against Duke. Then November 7th versus Clemson. That game's staying at the same date um, as well. November 14th at Georgia Tech. November 21st versus Louisville, November 28th at USC. So the new schedule, Notre Dame will open up at home on September 12th uh, versus Duke, and then September 19th, Western Michigan will come to town, and September 26th they'll be at Wake Forest, then they'll have their first bye. Then the schedule gets a little tougher, October 10th, Florida State comes to South Bend, October 17th, Louisville comes to South Bend, and then Notre Dame goes on the road to Pittsburgh on the 24th, They're at Georgia Tech on the 31st. Again, that Clemson game remains on November 7th at Notre Dame Stadium. November 14th at Boston College the week after Clemson. Then it's a bye week for the Irish. Then a Black Friday game on the 27th at North Carolina. And they'll close the season at home in December, December 5th versus Syracuse. Uh, the first thing that jumped out to m- in my mind when I saw the schedule, Drew, was Boston College the week after Clemson. I think any Notre Dame fan could think of the comparisons to 93 as a possibility with that. And then you throw in the whole Phil Dracovic, Notre Dame's former backup quarterback, getting a waiver and he'll be eligible to play for Boston College immediately. Could you imagine the scenario where Notre Dame upsets BC or upsets Clemson, and then Phil Dracovic and Boston College take out the Irish a week later. 
Yes, that would definitely be kind of the ultimate redemption story for Phil Dracovic, who I, I you know, definitely feel like things kind of didn't end on the greatest note. At least that's kind of what it seems like. So that would definitely be kind of a, um, a storybook scenario for him. The only disappointment, I guess, would be that it's um, not a home game for Notre Dame. And I, I guess it'd be kind of interesting to have Doug Flutie calling that game. Yeah, that's a good point, too. If Flutie was on, the, he would be on the he would have been on the call. I guess now he won't be because it'll be a road game. Um, all right, let's break this down a yeah. little. Let's let's break this down a little bit more. Um, I think it's worth talking about the fact that Navy is not on the schedule. As I mentioned, uh, you know they play them every year since 1927, 93 meetings, and they just couldn't. I guess they just couldn't figure this one out. Uh, ACC kind of put this mandate in that it had to be a Notre Dame home game, so. It was scheduled to be a Navy home game. I still think they probably could have figured this out, maybe flip-flopped a, a Navy home game down the road, but I'm not really sure why it didn't work out. But it, it's probably better for Notre Dame that it didn't because if you're not going to play them in the beginning of the year, I, I, I don't think you want to squeeze that option game in in the middle of the year, so it might work out better outside of the obvious historical significance uh, of facing Navy. Yes, definitely. I think no matter... You know, Notre Dame's obviously handled the business. They're handled business against Navy the last two years, but that's like you said that the triple option, preparing for that, looking at different schemes. Um, obviously, a little bit of the beating they might have to take against Navy, like kind of not having to deal with that for the first time in, in 93 years is a, is a definitely a big advantage for Notre Dame. And um, yeah, I think that's another reason why this set schedule sets up particularly well, assuming, like you said at the beginning, that this season actually happens. Were you surprised Western Michigan ended up being the non-conference game? I mean, I guess it made sense after all the other um, opponents, kind of their conferences put in stipulations that they couldn't play anyone else, especially, you know, after the SEC did, that kind of eliminated Arkansas. And um, I guess part of me thought it would still be Navy, but I guess it didn't. I didn't expect them to add somebody who wasn't already on the schedule beforehand. Yeah, that's kind of how I was looking at it. I, I was looking at it that it would be Navy or Western Michigan. Everyone's like, no, they'll just drop Western Michigan. That's a no-nothing game. And and the way I looked at it was, well, that's exactly the point of why they probably want to play it. They're going to play 10 ACC opponents. Uh, they want that guaranteed win early on in the season that's already on the schedule that uh, they can get some confidence in and get going uh, before they get into to, to nine other uh, ACC opponents. So I, I guess I wasn't surprised it was them. I, I was still a little surprised, obviously, that Navy didn't end up on the schedule. But if it wasn't going to be Navy, uh, I, I fully expected it to be Western Michigan. Yeah, and it almost, I mean, I have no idea if this factored in or not, but it kind of makes sense given the pandemic to play a team that's I don't know, an hour bus ride away. You can kind of control some of the factors a little bit easier. They probably don't even need, won't even stay in a hotel room. Um, maybe they will, I, I guess, but it, it definitely seems logistically. It also makes a lot of sense, especially since, as you said, the game needed to be in uh, at home for Notre Dame. So. Yeah, the one thing that'll be interesting is what NBC does with that game because that game is supposed to be the U.S. Open weekend on NBC, and you thought with Notre Dame's schedule getting thrown out, maybe that wouldn't have happened anymore and wouldn't have been an issue with NBC now taking over the U.S. Open contract again from Fox. So I don't know what time of day that game will be played or if it'll get moved to NBC uh, Sports Network instead of being on the main network. So that'll be one of those interesting ripple effects we we wait to see. I, I was almost expecting, okay, 
you know, there'll be a new schedule, so this won't be an issue anymore. And then, well, there it is and on the same date. No, yeah, it'd be kind of, I mean, what if that game ends up on a night game or something against Western Michigan? I mean, I guess there won't be much of a crowd either way, but that would definitely be, no one would have ever expected that to be a night game or anything. Or, or like you said, it could just move to NBC Sports. Yeah, I was even wondering if it would be like a 10 a.m. game, but then to your point, that you're not gonna want. You're not gonna want. Um, most likely scenario is they probably bus in and bus back on the same day. But I guess they could just come in the night before, uh, sleep and then and then bus back right after. And and maybe they would have the game before uh, the U.S. Open coverage begins. But we'll see. That's a very minor thing in the grand scheme of the, of this schedule. The the one of the things. Yeah. The one of the things I noticed was that was interesting is how. I guess you could say light the schedule is early on. I, I Duke isn't bad. Wake Forest could be okay. But, you know, the way they're starting that schedule, I think that there's just a lot of – they should be – if Notre Dame isn't 3-0, and they have major problems heading to the bye week. They just should be in, in a – they should be set up to be in a great position um, early on in the season to set themselves up for success. Uh, do you see it the same way? Yeah, definitely, especially when you look at um, even once they get a little bit more into the season, too. Um, I mean, they get Florida State and Louisville at home. So it's even when the schedule gets a little bit tougher, um, they they have kind of favorable locations for those games. Yeah, no, and, and, and October 3rd would be the bye week. The original game was supposed to be against Wisconsin at Lambeau Field. And then, as you mentioned, uh, they'll play Florida State. On October 10th at home, then they'll play Louisville at home on the 17th. Then they're at Pittsburgh on the 24th. Pittsburgh, probably one of the better teams on the schedule this year. And then at Georgia Tech on the 31st, and then it's versus Clemson on, on November 7th. Uh, you know, of the original games on the schedule, they have it was obviously it was originally 12. Now it's 11 games. Seven of the original 12 games are still on the schedule. Three of those seven still being played on the same date. Seven of Notre Dame's first eight games are against teams that were previously on the schedule. I don't know if that really matters, but I just thought that was interesting that with the exception of Florida State, all the games to start the season are all teams they were expecting to play. I think most people kind of expected the schedule to be shaken up a lot more than it was. Um, like you said, like it doesn't, it doesn't feel that different. I mean, obviously it's, it's there's a lot of things different. There's no Navy. They're in a conference. Like, but when you kind of look at the layout, and they were supposed to play, you know, a lot of years they play five ACC teams. This year they were playing six anyway. They're all on the schedule. It's it doesn't it feels really different, but then it also on paper doesn't look that different. If that if that makes sense. Yeah. No. I I, I think that makes sense. And one of the things that I also thought was very interesting was that, you know, it doesn't feel like the ACC try to stack this against Notre Dame in any way. It's almost like it's almost like they like want Notre Dame to make the ACC championship game. It, it just seems so strange the way you know. I, I, it doesn't feel like like Clemson's not getting a bye the week before facing Notre Dame. You know they're going to play a bunch of games before facing Notre Dame, and they didn't move the Clemson game. You would have thought that might have been one of those. Oh, let's move that up to September 26th. So. Clemson no longer has to come to South Bend when it's cold, but they they still they, they really didn't you know stack the cards against Notre Dame in any way, which kind of surprised me. Yeah, I think that's I, I think a lot of people have kind of pointed out Clemson had a bye week 
in their old schedule right before they came to Notre Dame. Now they, Notre Dame plays Boston College after Clemson. They actually have to deal with Boston College the week before. So, if anyway, anything, that game kind of improved. Um, the one thing I'll say about Clemson in that time is if you kind of look back, though, they um, while it seems like you'd want Clemson from South Carolina to come in November, they've actually had a, they stumbled the most in September, which is kind of interesting. It's not that they would have necessarily wanted them to move that game or not, but if you look at the last two years, their toughest, they haven't lost a regular season game the last two years, but they almost lost September 28th at UNC 21-20, and then they almost lost at or against Syracuse at home 27-23 in 2018. So they actually kind of stumble early in the year. So as a Notre Dame fan, I would almost think maybe you want them earlier in the year, and that didn't work out. Yeah, well, that's that's an interesting perspective of way of looking at. It. The other thing I noticed was how how many home games early on uh, they'll, they'll get. What four of their first five games at home with Duke, Western Michigan, Florida State, and Louisville, which makes obviously the back end of the schedule a little bit more difficult. But then when you throw in a bye week between Boston College and North Carolina in November, that makes it a little bit better. Um, so I think that's manageable. Again, I, I'm trying to find ways to say how does Notre Dame not go ten and one in this schedule, and it's hard to see it. Um, you know, obviously you could lose to uh, Louisville, Pittsburgh, North Carolina, or you know, even Florida State. I know they're not Florida State anymore or right now, but they're still got the talent. Uh, so they're they're you could certainly lose to those teams. But when I look at this, if all eleven games are being played, I I, I easily see Notre Dame being ten and one, and I certainly wouldn't have said they're definitely going to be ten and two on the old schedule because it was it was definitely not an easy one. Yeah, it definitely shakes out to where I think you're justified as a Notre Dame fan to be disappointed if Notre Dame loses more than one game in the regular season. Um, like you said, there are some kind of tricky games, and Pittsburgh's definitely a, uh, a popular like trap game, so maybe I mean they'll be extra prepared for it now. But um, yeah, they I mean they they should definitely be favored against every opponent. Um, even a team like North Carolina still went six and six in the regular season this year. Obviously they have Sam Howell um, who's getting a lot of praise and, and there's a lot of hype around them, but you know, by then we'll know if they're good or not, but they, they, they certainly might not be anything special, even though they were the ranked, I believe number 19 in the, the yeah. coaches poll that came out today. Yeah. The, you know, they're the only team other than Clemson that is ranked out of Notre Dame's 11 opponents. Uh, they came in at 19. There was three ranked opponents Previously, with Wisconsin uh, being 12th and and USC 17th, uh, I think you gladly trade if you're a Notre Dame fan in terms of you know trying to get the wins. Um, you know, facing North Carolina versus facing Wisconsin and and USC. USC certainly was going to be on the road. Wisconsin technically a Notre Dame home game, but it was at Lambeau Field for crying out loud. So, <laughs> right, it, it was definitely more of a road game. It, uh, even though it was technically a Notre Dame home game. So uh, no question the schedule is way easier, um, especially when you don't have Miami in it. That could have been a, another roadblock for, for Notre Dame. So I, I think I think it's fair to say if Notre Dame does not make the ACC championship game, which will be played on December 12th or the 19th, um, this would be a disappointing season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Notre Dame 
fans should definitely really count on Notre Dame playing its first ever conference championship game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess we'll, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Theoretically, even if they have two losses, they could still make it in the game as well. Um, so I guess I'm just saying that in terms of like, you should be even more disappointed because I mean, depending on who that second loss came to, assuming the other came to Clemson, like that, that shouldn't even put them out of the running for that conference championship game. I, I was trying to look at who doesn't play Clemson. Uh, North Carolina does not play Clemson. So you could be in a position, but then again, so you could be in a position where that North Carolina game is a, you got to win it to get in type of thing on the, uh, on the second last week because um, they don't play Clemson. So that would be their potentially their only loss. If North Carolina ran the table, I don't know if they're going to, I don't think they're going to necessarily be an undefeated team this year, but that, that would be the only one. And then Miami doesn't play Notre Dame, but they do play uh, Carolina and Clemson. So uh, that's interesting. One of the other things I noticed, and I don't know, Drew, how much you took a look at um, the overall ACC grid, but they did put a ton of open dates in on we on September 26th and on October 3rd, which I thought was interesting. I almost wonder if those were like intended to be, you know, if if there's some issues uh, with COVID and and you had to move back a little bit, um, you could throw in a game. You know, if all of a sudden we had to wipe out September 12th and move back an extra week, whether or not the, okay, let's try to slide in some games on the 26th and on on. October 3rd or something like that. Yeah, that would definitely be a smart scenario, especially since we, I mean, the biggest thing is kids, students are just coming back to campus. So while we've seen really, you know, positive signs for, I guess positive probably isn't the right word I want to use, but we've seen <laughs> good signs, you know, a lot, a lot of kids, Notre Dame hasn't had a lot of players test positive. Um, we're going to find out a lot more right now. So if, if there is any outbreaks for any of these programs, I know North Carolina had to actually shut down um, at one point in this offseason. It sounds like they have some, some wiggle room to push things back if need be. Well, yeah, and, and the one thing that certainly for Notre Dame is, you know, having having the players going back into dorms and everything like that, That that's the, the interesting scenario, right? If week three of the season, uh, I think it was Brian Kelly that said it, right? If, like, Kyle Hamilton – all of a sudden, somebody on his dorm floor tests positive. Kyle Hamilton could be out that week. So these are all the little things that could come into play, certainly um, for any team, um, because they're not going to be in a bubble like the NBA and NHL. Um, in fact, they're going to be in a more precarious position than Major League Baseball because they still right. are going to class. And I know classes will be different and there'll be virtual classes on occasion and they'll be limiting things and the dining hall is not going to be the same, but you're still going to be around a lot of students one way or another. And they're also college kids. I don't think we can fully expect that every kid on that campus is going to be, I'm just going to go to my dorm room and that's it. You know, I mean, I think we can understand that on occasion. Uh, people are going to be college kids, and maybe the football players are going to be very stringent. Every single one of them could be very stringent, but a lot of these football players are going to have dorm mates that are not football players, and who knows what could happen. So it'll be it'll be right. interesting across the country what happens with that. Right, and I think even 
Um, like I definitely know for a fact that some of the, the players who even live off campus live with non-student athletes too. So it's not like you, like you said, they're, you're kind of relying on the average, the typical Notre Dame student also taking care of themselves because they're, you know, that's kind of, I mean, it's obviously usually seen as a positive for Notre Dame that they, they actually are treated like students and they interact with other students, but that, that definitely puts them in a kind of a precarious situation right now. Yeah. I was almost surprised that they didn't decide to just say, Hey, we're going to keep all the football players, you know, at the Morrison or, you know, keep them all in one dorm. And, and I don't mean as preferential treatment just for them. It, it might be doing a favor to, to the general student body to keep them away from in, in case they got, you know, anything from an opposing team or something like that. So it might have been a mutual beneficial thing for, for one time, one year only to do that. But, you know, that's a, that's another another debate for another day, certainly, um, as, as we kind of look at this schedule. Um you know, one of the things I noticed was when you look at this schedule, I don't know how you feel about it, but when I look at the schedule, it very much does not feel like a Notre Dame schedule. I mean, you got Pitt, you got Boston College, but outside of that, it it doesn't, you know, it you don't have you don't have USC, you don't have Navy, you don't have Purdue. Obviously, they haven't been on the schedule for a while, but you know they were. You know they've played Purdue the third most times out of any school uh, of all time. Uh, you don't have a Michigan or a Michigan State, so it doesn't really feel. And certainly not Stanford, who's been a, an opponent for the last twenty years or so. Um, it doesn't necessarily feel to me like a true Notre Dame schedule. And and we know it's it's a different year, and they're a part of the ACC, so we expected that. But it, it is interesting that it just doesn't it doesn't look on paper like. That's the Notre Dame schedule. You'd think I'm be talking about somebody else when I'm looking at this. Right. I mean, even in 20, even just from like a travel standpoint too, like in 2018, Notre Dame played in Chicago, New York, LA, and now it's just kind of at home or, or on the coast. There's no like, I know there's still scheduled to play Wake Forest in, in Charlotte, but there's... Which makes there's no sense. Like those, yeah. Um, but there's, yeah, there's no like kind of weird cool game or Shamrock series, or, I mean, they're supposed to play in Lambeau field this year too. So like, I don't know, there's usually just like these really cool location games, um, Ireland too. Um, and that just feels off. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I did mention Notre Dame loses its two most common opponents, uh, all time Navy. They've played them 93 times, USC 91 Pittsburgh is on the schedule. They were originally they were they're always scheduled to be on there. Uh, they're the f- fourth most uh, common opponent all time for Notre Dame. Sixty eight meetings. The Irish do have four opponents. They've played twenty or more times all time. Georgia Tech. Uh, they've played thirty five times. Boston College twenty five. Um, but all of them since nineteen seventy five. So maybe that number feels probably lower for most people. Like really, they've only played BC twenty five times. And then uh, North Carolina, they've played twenty times. Um, so they do have four opponents that have been, you know, regularly on the schedule, you know, here and there over the years uh, on this schedule. Uh, the coaches poll did did come out um, here on the same day, and we, we, we mentioned a little bit of it, but just to run it down, Clemson is n- number one, Ohio State is number two, Alabama is three, Georgia is number four, LSU is number five, Oklahoma is number six, Penn State is number seven. Penn State has announced that they will not have any fans at games this season 
uh, much to the disappointment of my nephew, who will be a senior at Penn State this year. Florida is ranked number eight. Oregon is number nine. And Notre Dame comes in at uh, number 10. So, you know, overall, uh, again, Drew, the way I look at this is that this is a very favorable schedule for the Irish. Um, You actually have to go out of your way to find the problems on the schedule. I mean, even North Carolina, who's this, you know, arguably, most likely, most would say the second toughest game on the schedule. Notre Dame has a bye the week before. So, I mean, now I think, I'm going to look at this real quick, but I think North Carolina does as well. Yeah, so both teams will have a bye the week before, but still, I mean, the the fact that you you really have to nitpick to, to find it. You have to go to the 1993 scenario of, oh no, Boston College is the week after facing the number one team in the country. The outside of facing Clemson themselves... You know the the Boston College trap that that that's it on this schedule that that really makes you feel like that th- there are problems here. Right. I mean, I think uh, outside of Clemson, no no team on Notre Dame's schedule won more than eight games last year. Which, I mean, based on Notre Dame's you know recent history, eight eight game eight wins would be pretty disappointing for them. I mean, they've they've won triple digits the last three seasons. So, the um, really you know. You can talk yourself into North Carolina, and they've been ranked. Um, Louisville has a lot of hype, but you're, there's still these programs that that are kind of been inconsistent recently that are promised. There's not even like, I don't know, I w- like I wouldn't be surprised if Louisville and, and North Carolina weren't good this year either. Right. Um, so that's kind of even the weird thing is like even even the teams you'd be kind of worried about like you wouldn't be surprised if they struggled. Yeah, and then there's there's the obvious we are talking about this assuming everything is equal, right? I mean, certainly Notre Dame could go into their game against Florida State theoretically with their entire offensive line in quarantine and then that becomes a different animal altogether. But you know, if if you look at everything as apples to apples, which I don't think any game this year might be apples to apples. <laughs> Every game might might have some wild loophole into as you head into it, or not being played at all. Um, but when when you look at it in terms of like if all things are equal, this is a very favorable schedule. Um, the, the other thing I w- was curious your thoughts on is uh, the impact for maybe that we talked about the early season schedule being uh, beneficial to them. And we found out uh, this week that Kevin Austin has had to have surgery on his foot. So I, I, I don't know if we've seen an actual timeline of how long he would be out, but uh, he would probably, he's, he's almost certainly missing some games, but if you can't beat Duke West Western Michigan and wake forest without Kevin Austin, you know, you already have bigger problems in play. I think October 10th versus Florida State is maybe, you know, a, a good target date to get him back. And if they could get him back for that time frame, they might be in pretty good shape if if that would be the case. Yeah, I think, I think you're right that uh, I'm not, I guess I'm not, I agree. It's, it's hard to necessarily from our position diagnose how, how long until he's back. But I think the biggest worry would be is he hasn't played in a year already. Yeah. Um, so like if that's his first game and, and he is somebody you want to rely on, that that'd be the first time he's played since. I guess I know he sat out at the end of the 2018 season, even so. Um, 
yeah, probably the first game he's played since November um, 2018. So that's a little worrisome, but he's he's definitely as as we saw in the the one spring practice stadium had he's he's explosive. He he's definitely somebody everyone's excited to see. So it's I guess like you said, it's it's good that um, they certainly don't seem like they need him to start off the year. Yeah, that and that was my point. It's like almost like you can you you should be able to survive without him early on. It, it it would be I think I'd feel a little differently if that Florida State, Louisville, Pittsburgh or certainly Clemson or North Carolina was in those first 3 weeks. Now, obviously we we don't know. You know, he could have setbacks along the way. He could be out longer and then that that is in play because you know that that October stretch of Florida State, Louisville, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech's not good, but then Clemson. I mean, that that stretch is not hard or is not easy. Excuse me. You know, the four or five games there are among the the toughest on the schedule. So that that stretch won't be. Um, that would be the toughest stretch of the season by far. Is is uh, that you know October into the first week of November? Right. Yeah, I think that, like you said, that that. You know, from October 10th to the the 7th of November, it's kind of make or break. Like, well, we should have a pretty good idea of, of what Notre Dame's doing based on those those five. Where's the and I mean, I guess they have North Carolina, but we're not shouldn't be too much to to worry about at the beginning or end. You know, overall, my my first reaction to this is this team's 10 and one if they they get to play all 11 11 games of this season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you you already brought this up. The biggest thing is is how how well everyone can kind of stay safe. And I mean, you know, Notre Dame has a lot of depth of, on the offensive line, but they they all live together, interact with each other. We just it's so hard to to see how a, how much an outbreak could have an impact in the season. How how much time is somebody going to miss if if they do get it? Um, you know, is it a minimum three weeks? Is it could it be longer? Obviously, potentially, if, if it's um, actually serious. So that's, I guess, something to preface this whole season with. But you're right, ten and ten and one, um, or eleven and zero, or, or you know what you should hope for at this point. Yeah, and I think the one, I think when we've talked about this, you would full expect them to be in the ACC championship game, the scenario where they're not, in my opinion, most likely scenario is do they end up playing less games than other teams? Because, you know, just happens that they don't get it. They don't get to play Pittsburgh on the 24th and they're not able to make it up. Uh, They don't get to play North Carolina on the 27th and they're not able to make it up. And then all of a sudden Notre Dame's whatever, seven and one in conference play and somebody else ended up being eight and one. And they get in that way because I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility either that you have you end up the season with some teams playing more conference games than others. And they're I think I saw that it's based on winning percentage um, of of who makes it into the the ACC championship. So I think that's certainly a scenario, too. But, you know, I think we're going to ex- expect to see that just about anywhere. It would be it would be pretty awesome and pretty remarkable if um, these schools get to play all 11 games. I mean, what what a blessing that would be is if everyone is able to stay healthy enough that we could get this full schedule in. It would be awesome to see. Um, but I think we have to be realistic to know there are probably going to be hiccups along the way w- with with COVID during during the season. Right, yeah. It would be interesting 
to even see like how what how big of an outbreak requires a, a game to be canceled if it's if it's if it's five or six kids and or players excuse me and they were around some other players who maybe didn't even necessarily test positive would that be enough or or does it have to be double digits and and they're worried about fielding enough to linemen or offensive linemen or something I'm, I'm kind of curious um once the season gets going what I hope I hope we don't actually have to find out. I should I should clarify that, but I'm definitely wondering what kind of qualification or what what kind of standards going to be set for what it takes to cancel or or postpone a game. September 12th is the opener uh, against Duke at Notre Dame Stadium. December 5th, the finale versus Syracuse. Two bye weeks in between, so maybe some wiggle room there for for a possibility if you have to have a makeup game. Uh, they also said they see championship game could be December 12th or December 19th. So I guess December 12th could be possibly a, a date for for makeup games as well. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if these makeup games are actually needed um, and uh, because of what's going on. But, you know, it's nice to actually have a conversation where the majority of our talk is about, hey, what will actually happen when these teams play now, whether or not they will is a different story, but it was good. Drew, I enjoyed spending this, uh, you know, this time with you to actually be able to talk about, Hey, what happens on the football field? Because it feels like we haven't had that opportunity to, to chat that much over the last several months about what would actually happen when, when teams actually meet on the football field. It's, it's been almost always about, well, can they get to the football field? So it's nice to have at least for one day that positive, uh, that, that positive feeling of thinking about football being played again. Yes, definitely. Um, I 100% agree. Thinking of matchups isn't, isn't something I've been able to do this much this summer. And um, thank you so much for, for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right, Drew Mentok from Blue and Gold Illustrated. Thanks for joining us. I'm Angel DiCarlo. And a reminder, our first episode on radio for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio 95.7 FM is scheduled for September 12th, the day Notre Dame plays Duke in the season opener. You can listen to it on 95.7 FM in Michiana on RedeemerRadio.com or on the Redeemer radio app. Again, thanks to Drew Mentok from Blue and Gold Illustrator for joining us here for this bonus edition of the Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame mass. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, O Lord, our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary Our Lady, may we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Does debt have you down? Are you worried about your credit cards, your mortgage, or keeping your car? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union can help. Our people are trained to be financial physicians. They can give you a checkup, help you to heal, and then stay healthy. Don't be embarrassed, it's why we exist. When your body is sick, you go to see a doctor. 
When your finances are sick, you go to see the friendly folks at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits?